Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you, God, that you are triune, God. You are in relationship, and Lord, uh, you didn't have to, but you chose to love us. Lord, you created us for a purpose, and you created us to give glory to you and honor. And Lord, we ask that you would help us to bow the knee of our hearts in the right now, Lord. That you would humble us, that you would make our hearts uh, fertile soil for your word, to fall upon. So Holy Spirit, we give you permission to come and change us. Lord, take strip away anything that's not of you, that's more of us. We just want more of you, Lord, less of us. We thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, these lights are bright. You close your eyes, you open it up, interrogation room. Let's not talk about that. Well, uh, today, we're going to be talking about respecting those in authority. You know, Pastor Mark is sick today. I'm filling in for him. Next week, we're going to start our series on worldview. We'll be talking about the book of Romans and going through that, how God wants us to have a biblical worldview. Today, I'm going to go into the book of Romans and not so much worldview, we're going to be talking about submitting and respecting those in authority. God has a lot to say on the subject. You might have heard of something called the presidential election. Anybody here voted? I hope you all voted. All right. Don't raise your hand if you didn't vote. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Make you, yeah, you honest. That's awesome. I didn't vote. That's awesome. Okay, at least you are honest enough. The Lord knows. The Lord knows. Got to vote. Okay? It's part of our duty. But a uh, Christian duty, too, not just as a citizen of the United States. God wants us all to vote. But, you know, we heard a lot, you know, with the inauguration. Was that a couple days ago now? And yesterday, the day before, there's all these, you know, people protesting and rioting. I was in 7-Eleven this morning, and there's this paper. I thought I'd pick it up. It says, we will not go away, and it's talking about women and men across the globe rally for rights. They're basically protesting. Um, marches in aisles draw thousands despite weather. So people all over the place. From here in Honolulu, all the way out, different parts of the world. They're getting crazy out there, protesting in the streets. Um, and ever since the election, all through the election, actually, people are on edge, like anxious about it. You don't want to like talk about it too much because you might offend somebody. Oh, you gonna vote for Trump? No, but you really are. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna vote for Hillary? Oh, uh, maybe. What, what side are you on? And so, you know, I was I was praying this morning, like Lord. Help us to get a better understanding of what you want us to understand about government, about these elections. And so hopefully we're not all out there in the streets. You might not be out there in the streets doing all that kind of stuff, but you inside you have inner turmoil. You're wondering, oh, what am I supposed to be feeling? What am I supposed to be doing? What side are you on? God wants to have a biblical understanding of how to look at all this and how to live it all out. It's very relevant. You know, 
our uh, state legislature just kicked off its session. In fact, on the paper it says, meet your lawmakers. Who's who in the legislature? You know, I ran for office a few years ago in the Hawaii State Legislature in Liliha. Woohoo! Nuwanu. Okay? And I'm not in here, so I'm not going to read this article. <laughs> Threw that part out. I don't care who's in our legislature. Okay? I'm not there. It's junk. They missed out. They missed a good thing. Just kidding. And that's what I'm talking about. You know, our hearts, our attitude is so stink. Such poor sports. I didn't get in. My man, my woman didn't get in. Burn something. So, you know, I really sense the Lord wanting me to speak on this. Sometimes, you know, you just know it's God speak, wanting you to do something. I really believe he wants us to understand this. Respecting those in authority is a huge deal. You know, respecting your boss at work. Is that hard or easy? Easy if you have a good boss, right? <laughs> okay, that's good. Respecting those in authority. What about for those of you who are teachers, sorry, students? Respect your teachers. For those of us who are children, just to respect and submit to our parents. You know? For husbands and wives to submit and respect and love one another. So this is applicable to all of us. Okay? Today we're going to be talking more about government. But think about it in the larger context while we talk about government as well. If you have a Bible, you can open it up. I would just recommend that you bring your Bibles. Uh, uh, I, like Pastor Mark talked about it last week, he, he said, you know, you can highlight it. You can write in it. Uh, if you have a Bible on your phone, bust it out now. That would be awesome. I would just want to say we want to get in the habit at, at the church and, and everybody bring your Bibles. So when you come into church, you just say, you know what, this, i got to have my sword with me, and I'm going to bring it out, and I'm just going to you know, bring a pen. If you want to go ahead and go through, um, uh, just underline something the pastor, you hear him say, you, know, you can write something in the notes. Oh, yeah, that's a good, something really good. I'm going to keep track of it, okay? So Romans chapter 13. We're going to go to Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 5. Verses 1 through 5. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. Wow. Okay, let that sink in for a little bit. It's a great first verse. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do, not do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and he will commend you. For he is God's servant to do you good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant, an agent of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer, Therefore, it is necessary to submit to authorities. 
not only because of possible punishment, but also because of conscience. Also because of conscience. So in the previous chapter, chapter 12, Paul, and we're going to go through this for the worldview section over the next 12 weeks. Paul is talking about how Christians should relate to unbelieving neighbors, to unbelieving employers. How do we relate to them? And here in chapter 13, Paul is discussing how Christians should relate to their government. Isn't this super practical for right now, everything that we're going through? So, uh, you know, the text for today, it actually, if you put it in context, uh, the book of Romans, Paul's immediate audience was a group of Christians in Rome. This is who he's writing the letter to, Romans, right? And so Rome is the capital of the Roman Empire, and the church had to be really careful in how they react to the government's treating persecution of this group, the Christians. So you would see a full-blown persecution about a year later. But at the time when Paul wrote the book of Romans, it was just starting to happen. It wasn't full-blown. Christians on sticks, burn them, with oil, tar. Okay, this was right before that. And Christians, at the time of this writing, they had to figure out, how am I going to relate to this evil government, to this government that is persecuting us? So that is, that's not annoying at all. <laughs> or distracting. <laughs> that's so funny. I had to say it. I couldn't think of what I was talking about. I was thinking of the minions. So, how, how should it's happened to me too? My phone has gone off. How should the early church in Rome relate to their government? And so, Paul is writing to them, these Christians, that they should submit to their governing authorities. Submit. Nobody likes that word. Nobody likes the idea of submission. Why would Paul say that? Paul wanted them to submit, to respect their authorities. Why? So that the church could have peace. Everyone look at your neighbor and tell them peace. Okay? Peace is, is what he's going after. He wants the Christians to have peace, and he wants the opportunity for Christians to spread the gospel in Rome freely. Right? To have freedom peace. So respecting authorities is hard. Submitting authority to authorities is hard. And just as in Paul's day, people had extreme reactions to this advice. It's like now, submit to your government. Oh, you're going to have some extreme reactions. First extreme reaction, number one, we're going to revolt against the structure of government. We're going to revolt, all right? We're going to buck the system. And in Paul's day, there were Jewish rebels. There were zealots. How many of you have seen the movie Ben-Hur? The new one or the old one? The old one, yeah. Anyone with the new one? Put up your other hand. No, just me? Oh, okay. I, these lights are so bright, I can't see anything. So I just saw Ben-Hur. I didn't see the old one. I don't know. I just never caught it. I don't know. It was like the chariots look cool and everything. I just never, yeah. And I saw the new one. And, man, it was so good. 
It was so amazing. You get a real sense of like, wow, there were a lot of zealots. There were a lot of people who were wanting to, you know, kick out the Romans, Jewish rebels. And they would fight violently, with violence against Rome. And Paul's saying this isn't the best way for Christians to live, to resist and react to your government. Okay, that's the first extreme reaction. Second extreme reaction, remove yourself from society. To remove yourself from society and the structure of government. Okay. To remove yourself like a monk. Okay, so he's saying, don't do that. Don't remove yourself and move up to a retreat in the Swiss Alps. Or I saw Batman Begins, is that Nepal? Going to go and be the, what is it, the, those guys, crime fighters. You're going to be a monk. You're going to live wherever in the back of Pololo. And you're just going to hide up in a shack and you're not going to have anything to do with this world, with this government, because it's all bad. Okay, don't do that. Start your own commune. No, we don't want to do that. Okay, that's just avoidance, leaving, removing yourself. That's the second extreme reaction. So you have two opposite reactions. What is the biblical reaction? The biblical reaction is Paul is saying to live within the structure of government. Amen? Live within the structure of government. Paul is telling the Roman Christians they're not to go to those two extremes, to revolt or start your own or re- remove yourself from society. No, God is calling us as Christians to work within the structure of government by submitting and respecting our government authorities. Wow, that's a hard one. And in doing so, you're able to preach the gospel, spread the gospel, and see society transformed with God's peace. God's peace. Romans 13, Paul is outlining how Christians should live in response to the world around them. Whether they agree with that government structure, who's in office, or not. It's a big one. Or not. So a Christian's lifestyle matters. Did you know that the way you live really matters. Everyone's like, duh. But your lifestyle makes a huge difference. How a Christian treats people and treats their governing authorities matters. Who does it matter to? To God, to others. So Paul gives four reasons why believers should respect their government authorities. They're really straightforward. Number one, you can write in your notes. All authorities have been placed in power by God. Number one, all authorities have been placed in power by who? God. Did you know that? It said it right there in Romans 13, 1, the verse, first verse. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. It's God who establishes governments, their leaders, not the people. We have a democracy, yes, thank God, hallelujah, because not every country does. And we vote people into office, but God is sovereign. Look at your neighbor, tell them God is sovereign. Okay, 
What does that mean? It means that God is in charge of everything. God is in charge of everything. He's sovereign. And nothing can be done without his okay. Okay? He's the final governing authority, and we must respect those in authority because why? They were put there by God for his reasons, not our own reasons. He knows the bigger picture. He knows what he's doing. So learning how to respect and submit to those in government is such an important lesson. It's a great lesson for us to learn for those who are following Jesus, for those who are living in the kingdom of God. This is the way he wants us to live. So we might not see the big picture. We might not see, we don't see the big picture as God sees it. We don't see the end from the beginning. And from our point of view, we're thinking, what is going on? Or maybe the shoe is on the other foot, and you're just thinking, okay, now it's really working, right? But God wants to know he's the final governing authority. He knows what's going on. And he's saying, don't think you can do it better than me. Don't as, act as if you know you got it all figured out, and you want to rebel against authority. You want to remove yourself. No, God is saying he wants us to work within the existing structures. Romans 13, verse 2. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. Those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Wow. So why should we respect those in authority? Number two, you can write this in your notes. Rebelling against authority leads to judgment. Rebelling against authority will lead to judgment. So citizens of any government should respect their government and obey its laws, even if you don't agree with them. Look at your neighbor and tell them, obey the laws. Okay? For some of you, you're thinking, okay, God is speaking to me. I was going to do something. Now I'm not. Okay, God saying obey the laws. It's important. So if this is really easy, right? Even if you don't agree with the laws and you break it, what's going to happen? You're going to get in trouble, right? There will be consequences. So if you believe that taxes are too high in our state, raise your hand if you think they are. I'm going to raise both because we're the number one highest tax state in the nation. Is that cool with everybody? All right, everyone likes that? No. And I'm not ashamed to say that either. We shouldn't be paying these kind of high taxes. It's too high, right? So I believe our taxes are too high, and I hope you do too. <laughs> and if you see how our state uses or misuses our funds, our hard-earned money that we've earned, they didn't earn it, we earned it. Are you okay with that, how they use it? Say no! <laughs> Revolt! <laughs> I'm not, they're not using it correctly. Mismanaging it. Okay, all day long, for years and years and years. Okay? Look at the federal debt we have. Almost $20 trillion in debt. Is that mismanagement of our funds? I hope you know that your children and your grandchildren are going to have to have a hard time paying that back. One day that's going to come due. 
Okay? So we have a lot of things that we don't agree with. Really gets us down. So what does that mean? Does that mean that we stop paying our taxes? No. <laughs> we pay it with a smile. With a glad and cheerful heart. Lord. <sighs> okay? It just comes out of our paycheck. We don't even see it, right? But if we had to write most of the time, and some of you do, we still do, right? Some of you. If we see that you're going to write it, you're going to be grimacing, what if we had to pay cash? Yeah, in $1 bills. Oh, that'd be so hard. No, no. But we learn to pay. We learn to, that's what the law is. We're going to submit, we're going to agree and say, okay, I'm paying the taxes, whatever I owe. We're not going to skimp, cut corners. We're going to pay everything that the state says to pay, that our country says to pay. You know what? I heard on the radio once, too. They said they were talking about Christians, paying their taxes, how should we feel about it. And it was like, once you learn to give and pay your taxes with a joyful heart, you know how much like freedom there is in that? Instead of always like, ah, oh, you pay it joyfully and you just feel this freedom. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. Okay, so we don't want to be under God's judgment. We don't want to be cheating the government. We don't want to be those who are not in submission and not respecting authority. Because God loves me, his judgment or his loving correction, guess what? It might come in the form of the IRS. Right? His judgment. We don't obey the law. We don't pay our taxes. Guess what happens? You're going to be in trouble. Judgment will come upon you. Right? You're going to go backwards. You're going to be paying a penalty, or even worse, you could end up in prison. So Matthew 22. Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him. Who's that? Jesus in his words. They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you're a man of integrity and you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? Great question, right? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, you hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. They brought him a denarius, and he asked them, whose image is this and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, so give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. Right? We're to be citizens of this world, but not of this world. Right? We're to be in the world, but not of this world. We're to be in the world, but not of this world. Yes, we're citizens of this world and of this country. So we have to obey the laws. Paying your taxes, respecting and honoring the laws of the state, and the governing authorities, even if you don't agree with them. God knows. God is the one who we're pleasing. Amen? God is the one. And he sees our hearts. He sees our intentions. 
And may the Lord convict us. If maybe we're having a problem with that, and he would say, I want to work on that. I want to work on your heart. The end of Romans chapter 13, 3 says, For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear from the one in authority? Then do what is right, and you will be commended. God will commend people who choose to be obedient for those who do what is hard, for those who respect others, for those who are submitting to authorities. No matter how uncomfortable it is, no matter how costly it is for them, God knows. That's the second reason. Number three, third reason Paul outlines why we should respect those in authority. Those in authority are God's servants. Those in authority are God's servants, put there for our good. Verse 4, for the one in authority is God's servant for your good. It says it there, plain and simple. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Government is an awesome thing. Did you know that? Government is a good idea. Why? Because it's God's idea. Government is supposed to be there to look out for us for our safety. Isn't that great? For the security of its citizens to protect us and to serve our best interest. And God's best design, I'm not saying, put it this way, God's best design purpose, best design is to have those type of leaders in office, those who would serve God and want to serve him and, and love him and obey him, based Christians, and serve others, okay? So we have gone way off course. Sin has corrupted everything, right? Sin has corrupted families. Sin has corrupted relationships. Sin has corrupted our government, but God's best design is to have those type of leaders who would love him and love others. And Paul, he addresses this issue with the Roman Christians and with us. He's speaking to us 2,000 years later, and he wants us to say, okay, how do I view government? How do I view those in authority that God has put there in the positions of authority? God has put them there to serve our good. Number four, that's number three. Number four, finally, respecting authority leads to a clear conscience. Respecting authority leads to a clear conscience. Verse five, therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of the possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. You know, when you obey and respect authorities, it's an awesome thing because the Bible says it right here, it's a matter of conscience. You have a clear conscience. You can actually sleep well at night. You don't have to be so filled with anxiety. Who's in control? Who's not in control? What's going to happen? You have a clear conscience because you're obeying what the Lord says, what the Bible says, even if it's hard. 
when you're doing what is right, don't you feel more at peace? Yeah? When you have nothing to hide and you're saying, okay, God, I'm doing what is right, you feel so good. You can just sleep at night. When you respect and honor others, when you pray for others and bless them, even if you don't agree with them, you can sleep well because you know you're living the way God wants you to live. And you might be thinking, okay, Max, you don't understand. (laughs) Yeah, 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 that sounds good, but are there any circumstances where a Christian is allowed to obey the law or rebel against authority? What do you think? Throw out an answer. Are there any circumstances? Yes? No? Maybe? So? Yes? Yes. The answer is yes, there is. And when would that be? When the law requires a person to violate God's moral standards. When the law requires a person to violate God's moral standards, that's when God says it's allowed by God to disobey and rebel against authority. So when that happens, your conscience has to appeal not to the law, that is immoral, but to God's higher authority. Remember, his authority is the highest authority, amen? We are first citizens of where? Heaven, before you're citizens of the United States of America. We are citizens of heaven first, and he's the highest authority. And when a government demands allegiance that conflicts with a believer's loyalty to God, guess what? We can say, sorry, I'm a citizen of heaven first and then a citizen of this country. i got to do what God says. In Acts chapter 5, the early church, they were called to obey a higher authority than their government. And they fellowshiped together, these apostles, the believers, and they saw signs and wonders happening. They saw people getting saved. You see, the book of Acts is just filled with amazing things. The Holy Spirit was moving The church was growing by thousands upon thousands. The Jewish leaders didn't like it. They had them arrested. They had them flogged. And God miraculously freed them. There they were again, preaching in the temple courts, the Sanhedrin. They rounded them up and told them, you guys better stop preaching that Jesus stuff. Stop preaching the gospel. And the apostles at that point had a choice to make. Do they obey their rulers? They said, stop preaching the gospel. I told you once, don't make us round you up again. Or do they obey God? What do you think? God is the highest authority. We've got to obey God. The apostles are brought in, this is Acts chapter 5, and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in his name, in this name. Yet you filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than you human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed, by the way. That was great. Who you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. 
We are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. And we obey God's leading, God's moral standards, the Bible. Verse 33, when they heard this, they were furious. They wanted to put them to death. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, who was honored by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And we answer to God's highest authority. God's moral standards are being violated or compromised. As a Christian, your conscience should tell you, that's not right. I got to do what God says first and foremost. Right? They were not only flogged for their obedience to God's highest authority, they were eventually killed for their faith. And it makes us wonder, wow, who could I do that? If your country, and there might be a day where they say, you can't talk about Jesus in public. You can have your own stuff at private. But if you want to talk about Jesus in public, don't you think that's a little rude? Don't you think that's hate speech? I mean, you're saying people, if they don't believe in the Lord and don't have a relationship with the Lord, are not going to be with him in heaven. They're going to go to that place, hell. Is that what you believe? Is that what the Bible teaches? Hmm. I don't think you should say that any longer. You keep it to yourself. In your private privacy of your own home or your church, you can do that. Or they start monitoring what pastors, what anybody can say in their own church services. Comes from the Bible. You say it, but they don't agree with it. It's labeled hate speech. What would you do? If they said that you gave a uh, offering, but it wasn't tax deductible, and we're not a 501c3, would you still want to give a tithe? an offering, right? Do you see how this might, this kind of stuff could happen in the future? There's no guarantees that it wouldn't, right? So when that day, if that day were to come, and that's just a few little scenarios, are you going to be a Christian who obeys the state or are you going to be a Christian who obeys God's highest authority, right? That's an easy one. And I hope all of us would say, Lord, but you know what? Those guys were flogged. They kept doing it. And they were eventually persecuted so much they were killed, murdered. Wow. Amazing. May God give us the faith, the boldness, the biblical understanding to say, I am a citizen of heaven. And my conscience is going to tell me, I'm going to do whatever God says, even to the point of death. May he give us the grace that we would never have to face that. But if we do, we would say, I'm ready. I'm willing to be a citizen of heaven first. The whole point of this, though, Paul is saying, we don't want to get you imprisoned, Christians. We don't want you to be out there fighting against the state or going up into the mountains and saying, I'm done with all of this. I want you to work within the system of government and have the right 
biblical understanding and heart, submitting to government, that we would be effectively used by him to love on others, to spread the gospel, to bless people instead of blasting them, to pray for them, to love them, to do good deeds for them, and just knock their socks off with blessing, fun and creative ways, that the forgiveness of Jesus Christ and the way that he has shown us so much love would be filling us that we would say, Lord, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to love them. I might not agree with them. I might be really angry. But Lord, I'm going to bless them and not blast them. I'm going to speak peace and blessings over them. I'm going to do something that shows I love them. I'm going to forgive them. Amen? So there's a few action points we can take away. And we can have the uh, worship team come on up here whenever you're ready. A few takeaways. Number one, instead of revolting or blasting those in authority with our words, with our actions, with our thoughts, practice blessing them. Practice blessing them by praying for them. God wants us to pray for those in authority. I believe I showed a picture a few years ago of Bear Grylls. You guys know who Bear Grylls is, right? The survival dude. He's actually a huge uh, believer in Alpha. He's a strong Christian. He does these, all these promos for the Alpha course. It's so awesome. And he's out there, and he had President Obama on his show, the survival show. And it was so cool to see Bear Grylls was praying for him, put his hand on his shoulder, and he's praying for President Obama. And then what the coolest part is, you see the cameraman. The cameraman was taking the picture, and he was going like this. You know when you pray? You just see one hand. He's taking a picture, but you see the hand. Praying for those in authority. I'm not sure if Bear Grylls is the biggest Obama fan, but is he practicing praying blessings over him? Yes. We have to pray blessings over them too. 1 Timothy 2, 2. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, you can put this up on the screen. Intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Does this sound like what Paul is talking about? He wants us, God wants us to live peaceful and quiet lives. Isn't that cool? And our leaders can help with that as we have a good government, safety and security of our nation. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, presidents, governors, DOE, all those in authority that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. That's God's ultimate goal, that we would know him and want to make him known, that our hearts would be right before him. That's number one. Number two, instead of retreating or being indifferent, that's the worst. Ah, I'm done with politics. 
I'm done with government. I'm done with that boss. I'm done with my dad, my mom. I'm done with them. Being totally indifferent, cutting them off from your heart. And so many times we do that. We just shut it off. Ah, I'm not, I'm not going to concern myself with that. Instead of retreating, look for ways to tangibly bless that person. Is this a hard message? Yeah, it is. Because you're going to be confronting those very things, those very people that you have that unforgiveness, that hard heart for. Pray for them. Bless them. We ask God that he would help us to be humbled and love those in authority over us. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand. Let us be witnesses of the amazing miracles God has for us in this time, in this generation where there is so much anxiety and people out there losing their minds and people don't know where to go, what to do. Talking stink. In their hearts, so, so confused so upset, so lost. May God use us, the church. This is our shining moment. God is using the book of Romans chapter 13 and he's saying, love those in authority over you. Pray for them. Bless them. Come in the opposite spirit and watch what I can do. See how God's love can transform anything. Let me read to you from Philippians chapter 2, you know, Jesus is our, is our ultimate example. Check this, his attitude out. Because we're talking really about our attitude, right? Verse 5, Philippians chapter 2, Your attitude should be the same that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature, nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place. I exalt thee. God exalted Jesus because of his humility and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. All for what? For the glory of God the Father. Use what God has given you in this time. The forgiveness, the hope that you have in Jesus. He totally humbled himself on the cross. And if we could just say, Lord, I know how I feel, how I've acted, but Lord, I'm sorry, I'm hum- I want to humble myself. Use me that I would share your love and forgiveness with others. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, that you are awesome. Lord, that you were the one who went to the cross on our behalf, Jesus. You paid the ultimate price. You humbled yourself to the point of death, even death on a cross, Lord. 
you went there so we didn't have to go there. And Lord, if there's anyone here, Lord, with a, maybe something in their heart, they say, you know what, I just, I don't agree with that. It's a, a hard heart. It's just too hard for me. Yeah, it's too hard for everyone. Then you would simply say, Jesus, I need your forgiveness. Thank you for dying for me on the cross. I want to experience your forgiveness right now, that you would make my heart a heart of flesh, that I would be able to love others, that I would be able to pray for my enemies, that I would be able to bless them and not blast them, that I would be able to respect and submit to all authority in my life, governing authorities, bosses, people in my family, whatever authority you've put over me, Lord, I want to humble myself and love them like Jesus loves us, like Jesus has taught us how to love. We pray all these things, Lord, knowing you can do it in us, Lord. We can't do it ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all said, Amen.